And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Emerging Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney here with the boys. We hope everyone at home, all of our listeners, had a great weekend. We're here for another fantastic episode. We do want to thank Mr. Curtis Strange. Hopefully, all of our listeners went and downloaded that interview we put out last week. It was fantastic. He's officially pushed Tom down my strange power rankings. You were number two. Actually, wait a minute. You're, I was going to say, you know my whole family. I, I was going to say, your kids are really cool. Your <laughs> wife's a saint. So you're actually at the bottom of the strange power rankings, but I still <laughs> you know love what? you. As I, I'm used to it. It's where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I, I always say in my house, I, I'm number four on the totem pole in my house, and that's only because we don't have any pets. <laughs> If we had pets, I'd be lower down that that board. So, um, you know, my condolences to you. But let's get into um, let's get into the weekend. Another entertaining weekend on the PGA Tour and the world of golf. We've been fortunate since we started this podcast. We've had a lot of big names win or be in contention, and a lot of news and stories. So, uh, Bay Hill always a fun event. Arnie's place. If no one uh, told you over the weekend, but uh, Mister Bryson DeChambeau wins at Bay Hill kind of in a little bit of a two man duel on Sunday to the ex- to extent with him and Lee Westwood <sighs> where do we go with Bryson you know there's a lot of lot of ways we can go with this I think you know he... let's start with Lee Westwood first cuz we'll Okay let's go with, let's go with Lee cuz I just don't know where to dig in with Bryson yet well let's go let's go with Lee let's let's talk about the old man 47 years old got a hand to him he hasn't really played great golf in the last few years. He has been picking it up um, recently, but I thought he played great, uh, pretty steady, calm nerves, girlfriend on the bag, some tight clothes, as Tom was pointing out via text, but he was looking good. You know, he was looking good, look good, feel good, play good, pal. Tom, what did you say? He looked like he was going scuba diving or something with this. It was looked a little tight. And, you know, <laughs> those European guys, they're not afraid. I mean, what's um, Graham McDowell's in that same boat, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that swagger. Both of them got plenty of swagger. That's good, but like, just one go one size up. Just see what just see what it looks like. Okay, <laughs> I'm not saying you got to stay there, but let's just go one size up. Let's give a shot. Get a couple shots. See how it kind of blows in the wind. You know, you might like it. Yeah, give yourself a little room. Because <laughs> I mean, look, yeah. with what they're wearing right now, like Lee Westwood, it could have been blowing fifty. And if you're just looking at just him, you you wouldn't know. <laughs> Ain't nothing clapping. It was blowing pretty good there this weekend too. It was blowing good. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things I don't think he's getting enough credit for is that at 47 years old, he's ranked 37th in the world. No one has brought that up. That that's very impressive uh, at that age. And not to say that he's obviously not competitive because he, he is. But I was a little bit shocked to learn he was ranked that high. Um, and again, at 47, that's 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 ranked higher than anyone else in his age bracket. Well, he also hasn't seemed that relevant to be. 37 if you I look think at that's why it was surprising yeah exactly i mean you look at people that are below him you look at just max homa justin rose shane lowry you're talking about you know rose major champion lowry won not too long ago max homa has been playing great you got jason day gary woodland behind him so uh yeah you're right i mean that's actually he's now up to 31 in the world and after this week like really What's the story? He, he, you know, this has been years, but, you know, he was a big deal and then he just fell off the map, right? I mean, I can't remember, but he fell to 300 and something in the world, maybe. Yeah. This is what, 10, 12, 15 years ago? Y'all remember what I'm talking yeah. about? Um, I don't remember all the details, but it's, I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. It's hard to do it 
let alone once, but I mean, to do it twice. And then the second time to have the, you know, the longevity, um, I just think it's very impressive. And I'm a fan. I, I yeah. He's, 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 he's like one of those, there's a lot of those Brits. I would just love to go have a beer with, right. He just seems like a cool guy to go have a, have a pint as they say at the pub. You're the one that still just blew my mind sitting here going through the rankings now, trying to find some other guys in his age bracket. Do you know who is the next person down the age bracket in his uh, over the age of, well, I don't know. How old's Tiger? 45. 45. Uh, okay. I was going to say 45. I didn't know if you were still 44. So the next person, 45 years and older, down the official world golf rankings is Mr. Eldrick Tiger Woods at number 57. I thought you were going to say Furyk. Yeah, <laughs> our boy, the gentleman. He, really he'll find doing. his way. He'll find his way into an episode. Yeah, I will. promise. We well, cannot leave him out. I know we're not talking about him, but Phil just came out of the top 100 for the first time in like 1,400 weeks or something like that. I saw. I think since 1993. Wow. That's crazy. That's, that's holy cow! Incredible. That's a and long what, time. What did Tiger get to after he won? So he won Tour Championship, won the Masters. What was his highest world ranking in the? You know. I thought he cracked the top 10, didn't he? Oh, man. He came close. I can try to find it on this uh, fancy. Yeah, that's just how we put Tiger in a separate conversation, right? We're talking about uh, Lee Westwood being 47. It's amazing. uh, Tiger's just two years younger, and yet we don't, you know, we just look at him differently. Yeah. Yeah, So he he actually ended the calendar 2019 at uh, number six in the world rankings. That's pretty awesome. So that was, so yeah, he won what 2018 Tour Championship, 19 Masters, 19 Zozo. Yep, right. He won Zozo at the end of the 2019 year, back in like November or whatever it was. But yeah, number six. So yeah, hats off to these uh, old guys, these round bellies, as they say, <laughs> playing with the flat bellies. Although Bryson's not that flat of a belly. No, no, but I, I bet you. Those, Thanks to those six protein shakes. Yeah, if you hit it, his if you punch him in his belly, it would hurt your hand. I have a feeling. <laughs> I don't know how soft it is. I'm not sure how much of a punch I have either. So, nah, you know, that's, this is true. <laughs> well, all right, let's, so let's talk Bryson. Come yeah, on, we let's wait any Like we're all sitting here at the, we're all just chomping at the bit. So, you got to hand it to him. He played well. He played great. I will say the biggest shot he hit was the putt that long par putt on 11. He plugs it in the bunker. And then I don't know. It was, I, I can't remember the, the, how many feet it was, but that thing was moving. Something. That thing was moving when it hit the flag stick. If that does not go in, he's probably three putting and making double bogey. I think that could have been the tournament right there for him. Yeah, it was, I, I was counting them. Counting him out there. I thought we were going to see a little turn, but yeah, it was an unbelievable putt. Was it 50 feet almost? I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I think yeah. So it's 40 something, 49, 49 and a half feet or something crazy like that. And I was like, all right, let's, you know, maybe he can two putt and, and he, you know, freaking rolls it in. It's like, good gracious. I mean, it's a good putt. I mean, he, he uh, believe it or not, he's been putting well. He's got a very unique, um, you know, setup, but he, he, that's that's the way he rolls. Everything he does is unique, and uh, he does he does it with a purpose. He does it. He has a reason behind it. It's not like he's just going out on a whim and you know switching his grip around because he got on the putting green that morning and said, "Oh, well, this feels good." Like he and and you have to admire that. I mean, he everything that he does has a purpose. He's a very awkward. I think he's uh, 
he's very strange socially. I think he's a little awkward. Um, like his reactions to like when he made that putt, um, like coming down the stretch, uh, what hole was that when he made, he made a putt. Um, I can't remember what it was, which hole, uh, but he made, he made a pretty good putt and then, you know, yelled out and, you know, threw his fist in there. It was just, everything about it was just weird. <laughs> you know, he, he's, um, he, he, you cringe a lot watching him. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, I don't think he's a bad guy. Um, I think he's trying to hide some things. I, like you said, he's very awkward. He's socially awkward. And there's a lot. I'm, hell, I, I'm awkward. We're all, all four of us are awkward yeah. of some sort, right? But he's, he's kind of cringeworthy. I, I don't think he's comfortable in front of the cameras. I don't think he's comfortable in front of crowds. I think he he's in his element when he's grinding away on the driving range yeah. and looking at his, his trackman numbers and... Yeah, very cerebral. And, you know, Azinger pointed, pointed out on a, a little bit uh, in the telecast this weekend. He's like, that's, that's a tough way to play golf, you know, for a long career. And I don't think he was saying that he won't have a long career, but he was just saying it's just it wears you out. It's, it's exhausting, but it may be exhausting for Zinger. But, you know, maybe that's the only thing that makes Bryson tick. And, you know, at the end of the, the, uh, the round there after he won, you know, sometimes it comes across as disingenuous a little bit, but after you really listen to him, I, I don't think that it is. I think he is very genuine. It's just he's just a little weird. He's just a little strange. I you mean, mean when, he was, when he was doing not his, in a bad way. When he was doing his not Ricky Bobby, let's not follow the NASCAR driver. I was getting worried for him to, you know, thank Bridgestone tires and Pennzoil yeah. <laughs> yeah. for you know the win. I was like, what the hell am I listening to here? He did go all the way down the down the list, didn't he? Yeah, like Rolex. How how did Rolex help you win that tournament, Bryson? Come on. <laughs> like, yeah, that we got. I just got to thank you know the, the number twenty three Caterpillar team today. You know we done run real good coming around. And got a little loose on the left side, but uh, right, he did. He, yeah, started, he started ripping them off. But yeah. but he like that like his interviews. Same thing when he won the U.S. Open. Um, I felt like it was genuine. He he thanks. He made a point to thank the people that have kind of you know, help get him to the point he's at. Um, and, and he, uh, you know, call, you know what I loved? He called Arnold Palmer, he called him Mr. Palmer. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know why, like, obviously, you know, Arnold Palmer is, is very near and dear to, to my heart, but like, I, th- I just thought that was classy. Yeah. You know, I don't know if anybody else even in the whole world realized it, but to me, that was cool. You know, no, I did. It, and I, I actually recognized that. Your dad did that last week, and I thought that that was incredibly cool. It's just such a, a really unique sign of respect um, that I thought was, you know, obviously deserved. Yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, I think um, the one thing that was really cool in that interview is, as weird as it was, um, the fact that he talked about Tiger sending him a text, you know, I and it was almost like he wanted to let people know, but at the same time, He's got, there's got to be something that's unique and cool about him in a personal setting. Tiger wouldn't just send a message to anybody the, the, the day of a final round at, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So they've got some type of relationship and Tiger thinks enough of him to send him a message. And the word on the street, I mean, we had Lonto on and Lonto said the same thing. He was like, yeah, you know, I get along great with Bryson when we play. I, he's, it comes across that way a little bit as being a little dorky. Um, but he said he's, you know, he said they get along great when they play. And I think majority of the guys think that. Um, and we could go on and we could have a you know whole discussion on, on the guys who look like they'd be cool guys on TV. They do and say all the right things on TV, but you, you meet them in person. 
and just not not the same. And and then hence the opposite, where you see guys and are like, oh, that guy's an asshole. But that actually be you know, everybody on tour, yeah. like, oh. It would be, you know, to find out the guys that everyone, you know, rates, you know, really high, highly, and then, uh, you know, to find out which which guys that look cool to everybody on 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 TV, but end up being kind of the dork that nobody wants to be around, or just a jackass, you know. Yeah. Do you do you guys root for Bryson? I have a really hard time rooting for Bryson. I don't. I actually, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, it, it depends. I mean, I, I kind of root for him because I think it's cool. This He's not afraid to try something new. If he thinks it's going to help him. Um, he is, he is, a, he's an innovator. He's a pioneer when it comes to, you know, golf swing, golf mechanics, anything that's going to make him better, he will try it. And that's how the game continues to get better. I mean, you, you look at all these guys in the past, you know, uh, what, when they, when they change their equipment and they try something new, they do something different. I mean, you, you got to applaud him for that. I mean, I mean, who in the world would have thought holding the club the way he does when he, you know, with the, you know, single length clubs or holding his putter that way at, at 80, what is it? 80 plus degrees upright. I mean, I get it. It makes sense. You know, we've talked about that before. The more upright the putter is, the less chance that that face has to rotate going back. Um, and it makes sense, but no one could ever find a way to do it and feel comfortable. And he just said, you know what? I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable, but you know, he's used to that and he's going to make it work. So I, I, I applaud well, him for that. I think he's a very calculated guy. I think he nerds out a little bit, you know, going back to what you were saying with uh, him having a relationship with tiger. I think tiger really respects that nerding out aspect of, and maybe not nerding out is the right way to, to say it, but regardless of which taking that extreme um, approach to the game uh, and looking at it at a different light. And I think it's probably intriguing for a guy like Tiger. Tiger, I think, might look at things as, wow, with my physical ability, if I had thought about some of the things that Bryson thinks about, what could my game have possibly been? Or could, how many more tournaments could I have won? You know, Tiger may uh, look at it a little bit differently. But geez, um, how many more could he have won? Good gracious. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's tough to say that. But if yeah, Tiger probably thinks he could have won 150. He probably could have. Sure, he does. Yeah. See, I mean, I, I if agree he was there. healthy, you never know. Yeah. I totally agree, McLean. Like, I think that Tiger is infatuated with the way he's gone about it. Because Tiger's, you know, he is one of the guys that has truly studied it and broke it down more than more than most. And here comes Bryson, who takes it to the next level. So I yeah. think you're I think you're spot on there. They're uh yeah. they're kind of cut from a, a very similar cloth. Yeah, they're both introverts, yeah. too. It's absolutely. You know, I, I tell you, so we talk about the power and the, the clubs and all this mess. And what was really cool, I saw, I didn't really realize until Sunday was his chipping. So, you know, the putting is one thing and, and hitting a six iron. So, but like when he has a bunker shot that he's got to kind of drip it over the front to a tough tuck pin. And he's got his seven little, iron length shaft. <laughs> yeah. Right. With that big old grip. Like that takes some serious talent. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, you got to give him credit for that. You know, I think he, you know, you ask if we root for him. And I, I had a hard time answering to say, yes, without question, I, I root for him. But I can say something. I want to see what happened. And I think this week really proved that distance is entertaining. Everyone wanted to know what line he took on six. I it did. was the most popular shot all yeah. week. It's what you it's what you went back to see. It's what you looked up mm. online, whatever it was. Um, how much did they talk about it on air? I mean, it was talked yeah. about the entire time they're on air. Go back to this is what Bryson did at six. It's three hours later on 17 and they're looking for some um, some extra footage to throw in there to cover some time. But yeah, it proves 
that distance is entertaining. People want to see that. And when we talk about um, the rollbacks potentially in the game, I think this is proof that it's not a good thing. People want to tune in to see that. And I think it brings uh, it brings that entertainment value up. All right. I got to go. I got to I got to jump in here. So <laughs> this whole distance debate, we've talked about it. I've gone back and forth on it over the last month, two months since the USGA came out with their report that they wanted to roll back the equipment. I'm going to, I'm going to sit right on the fence right now. I don't know which side Mm -hmm. I go on. Way to to take a stand, Mike. No, and so, but I I just, I'm waiting to hear more information, right? I want to know how they're going to do this because I think what they're trying to do and what they're saying has some merit. I, I just don't know. If they can somehow make it a little, make Zach Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau a little bit closer, and maybe bring some skill back into hitting other shots. But why? I mean, it it takes skill to be able to hit a ball 370 yards and hit it straight. I mean, yeah, that's, no, that's I agree. I, I agree itself. with that. And like I said, I'm you on know? I'm on both sides. And and playing devil's advocate as far as his tee shot on six and distance is cool, and everyone wanted to see that. I think it had more to do with the hole then where you're, you're never going to get that, right? You're only going to get that at the sixth hole at Bay Hill. How many times, why distance is cool and chicks dig the long ball. Please name me a memorable drive in golf. Um, John Daly, Tiger Woods, when he came out. No, 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 no. I'm talking about one. I'm talking about a particular shot, a particular drive. We don't watch the game. to Lefty see, oh, hitting an OB. Oh, no, to lose I'm talking US about Open. actual good shots, right? We don't say, oh, God, do you remember when he carried that bunker? Do you remember that drive? Look at every highlight in golf. What is it? It's an approach shot. It's a short game shot or it's a putt made. It's never a drive. Well, and on that, That's Mike, fair. like you just said, you know, think of the most memorable drives. The ones that pop in my head are not the long ones, but the tough one. You know, a guy with a one shot lead, last hole of a major and pipes it like that's. That's what it comes. To I mind. don't. I don't well, think it's think, that memorable. Well, but I'm saying it's, it's, but I'm cool. saying it's not it's a cool distance. The, thing. It's cool in the moment, but it's like. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I don't. Something... I don't think it's meant to be memorable. I think it's it, it's it's there to set up. The, you're, you're right. I mean, the reason those those shots are memorable because that's how you finish the hole. It, that the hole is done. You know, unless a guy holes out with his drive, you know, it's it's a just a you're setting that up for the approach. Um, but I think people recognize they look at. They want to see things that are not done by normal people. Like to watch Bryson swing that hard and that fast, they want to see superior athletes do something that they can't do. So while they see a guy make a 20-footer, it's cool because they won the hole or they can win a tournament, but they're like, hey, man, I can kind of do that if I make a 20-footer, but I cannot hit a ball 370 yards. I cannot hit a ball 330. I cannot hit a ball 300. So they get – there's a there's a, given, there's a give and take. There's a balance because they want to see that guy who can hit it 330, 340, 350, and then still make the putt to win the tournament. That Those are the guys they, they kind of pull for. Um, so I don't think that the – you know, hitting a long ball is, is supposed to be memorable. Like I said, unless it finishes the hole, unless they drive it up there to a foot and tap in. Like I remember Mark, how was, you know, drive he hit at the, the PGA championship, how he drove it up there and made the putt for Eagle. That was memorable um, only because it, he hit such a good shot and, and set him up to finish the hole. Um, they were, they were so closely connected. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, kind of back to your point though, Mike, I, I, I think if you want to, if you want to bring those guys together, 
let's find a way to make the skill set the same in terms of, you know, like I, we talked about it last week with Curtis, narrow the fairways and grow the rough up. If you if you want to hit it 370, then you better hit it straight. Because if you don't, you're going to be you're going to be in trouble. But doesn't um, but doesn't high rough benefit Bryson even more? It, it Did can. you see that shot he hit on Saturday on 18? Well, this is 190 what yards. Like, it's, it's it what happens. Doesn't yeah, necessarily benefit anyone. There were tiger flying golf courses back in the day when they're like, "Oh, we'll just you know we're going to make them longer. It's gonna it'll it'll bring the field you know together." Well, it just it, it, it didn't. It didn't. It went the other way. Yeah, but rolling back the ball, all it's going to do is make Zach Johnson hit it shorter, and it's going to make Bryson still hit. It. I mean, it's not the ratio is going to be the same. It's not going to. They're not going to bring those guys closer together. The only way they're going to be closer is if Zach Johnson gets in the gym and starts hitting it friggin' further. That's the only way it's going to. They're going to bring it closer, or he hits it even straighter than he already does, or he hits his wedges even closer. I mean, if you want to narrow it, I mean, it's okay. Well, I don't I'm gonna know play how else you can do it. I'm gonna play devil because like everything progress like. The game has evolved just like every other sport. So we're going to sit here and say that um, all right, Jerry West is considered one of the greatest, you know, to ever play in the NBA, right? He's the logo. So the game's changed a lot from when Jerry West played. If he played today, he could not compete. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't be the water boy on these teams probably. Um, so is there some similarities there? Like everything's, you know, with technology and people getting smarter and stronger and bigger and faster – just it's kind of the way it goes, but with golf, we tend to kind of really want to hang on to no, no, no. We, you know, so yeah. I mean, and, and golf's different than these other sports. I, I totally understand that. But and again, uh, I'm I'm not like I said. I don't know which way I'm going. In all honesty, on this whole debate, and I'm with I, I, well, I want to see. I, I do think, I do think bringing back some other skills would be a little more entertaining just from the viewer's standpoint. I don't think gouging it out of the rough is really entertaining. It's, it's boring. Right. If you look at Riviera, look at concession, those courses were really hard with almost no rough. You know, you know what they could do? Maybe, maybe no rough, but have more, more holes that have more risk reward carries like water hazard. You know, no rough and have tree lines where it's like, okay, if you want to hit your driver 360 and you, you know, miss hit a little bit and you're behind a tree or you drive it too far and it's a runoff into a creek or a canyon, um, you know, see if that makes a difference. You know, I, I don't know. You're right. I mean, I, I, I agree though. I'm, nobody wants to watch Bryson hit driver into the into the rough and then, you know, hit you know his pitching wedge from 175 on the green. I'm like, oh. but it's not even, it's not even a, a just a Bryson thing. I, I, I just think as, general, a viewer, yeah. as a viewer, it's not fun watching guys hack out a rough. Like I, I would rather them try to hit some sort of hero recovery shot from an area. And again, and I, again, I'm just trying to pose different viewpoints, sure. play devil's yeah. advocate. How, how can we do other things? Because we can't have, I mean, these guys play every week. It's not like we can kind of a golf course. That's going to be the, that's going to fit every player every week. That's yeah, going to be in the perfect shape to do these kind of things. But I, I'm just trying to pose it in a, in a different right. Is is there a way we can kind of meet in the middle somehow, some way? Um, well, hold on a know. second. Hold on a second. I don't think there's a massive issue here, and I think that's where a big problem is being seen. And we had great evidence of it this week. Bay Hill, there were two guys that shot under par, and they shot one under par on Sunday. Now I know it was blowing hard, but we also had. Bryson DeChambeau, the world's longest player on tour, go up against 47-year-old Lee Westwood and duel yeah. him out. 
Lee Westwood's not hitting 370 yard drives, but he was right there in the mix the entire time. He doesn't hit the long ball. Bryson's hit to get 50 yards past him. There's a lot of other players that are right there and have the ability to do that. But I think when you're going to see a 47 year old player and Bryson, who's obviously the longest player on tour, go and duel it out. I'm failing to see the issue. Well, that's that's, that's that was one week, though. I think there's fewer weeks of that. I think that's that's a testament to the, the course Bay Hill is and the conditions of was it in not on a week to week basis. I mean, look at, I mean, there's some that are just strictly bombers paradise, and it's just like yeah. I agree with that, and that's where I think the issue really becomes course selection, yeah, not distance. I mean, Morikawa is he's not one of the longer guys on tour, uh, but just so good. I mean, with everything, it sounds like uh, that he's able to compete and and you know be a top you know, 10 top five player in the world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right though. I think predominantly the guys who, who can hammer it, they're usually up at the top. I mean, there's certainly an advantage, um, but. Well, it hasn't just, gone too, has it gone too far, right? So the old, yeah, the old, I, the old expression, right? When we were all growing up, it was drive for show, putt for dough. And that's just not the case anymore. Is that guess, a good, good or bad for golf? Is it doesn't matter? I, I'm just again, I'm just posing different questions. Yeah, Bryson's become the first to be like. I mean, let's think about. It. Like, remember Bubba? Bubba was and still is crazy long, but we we accepted it because he was a, still a magician, right? He hit shots and he still had all those little things that the old school guys have. Bryson, in my opinion, and, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong because I normally am, but um, he's he's the first that just kind of just took this like Neanderthal approach, you know, where these other guys that were bombers, like John Daly was a bomber, but he might've had the best hands that's ever played the game, yeah. you know? Right. So, and I'm not saying obviously Bryson, Bryson has great hands you know, with that, you know, nine foot long sandwich out of a plug lie kind of stuff. Yeah. So you have to be, but it just, I think the way it looks too, you know, bub up there with that narrow stance and kind of waggling it like an old school. And then you get Bryson who looks like he's getting ready to, you know, yeah. Lord knows what what he's getting ready to do. So, real, I mean, I think it's real just fa- real fast picture. on that. I think it's the whole package. Real fast on that plugged live thing. We'll get back to the distance question here in a second. That's the thing that bothers me, with Bryson. He is such a crybaby and a whiner. Everything, something doesn't go wrong. It's the conditions. It's oh, I can't believe that didn't bounce. I can't believe that bounced. You know, the the mics caught him. Oh, worst bunkers on tour. You know what, pal? Don't fucking hit it in the bunkers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate when people complain about bunkers. Yeah. it's a hazard. Yeah. The world of golf, America has ruined what bunkers are and supposed to be. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Right. Okay, so going. we we at the Foundry Golf Club spend more money on bunkers than any other aspect of our golf course. Why? Because yeah. everyone in America thinks the bunkers have to be absolutely perfect. It's a fucking hazard, people. I'm sorry. Well, you go to some of the old school <laughs> places around here and, and you go to Seminole, for example, one of the, the best there's you know, will ever be. If you went there tomorrow, those bunkers are not perfect. They're inconsistent. Um, but that's how they want them. Cause they're like, you know what, if you don't like it, don't that's hit how it. They should be. Yeah. Yeah. That's your problem. You hit it in there, figure it out. So Sorry, that was just a, just a nerve of mine. That's one of the reasons I don't, I don't like Bryson. He said, no worse bunkers. Well, don't hit it in there, pal. Hit the green. It's a really good line on the green. In case and you're I, wondering. Yeah. I think he probably, you know, if you want to have, you know, that much respect for Arnold Palmer, at the end of your round after you win, then have some respect for Arnold Palmer and his golf course while you're playing, you know, and that's where I think it comes across with people. They're like, Oh, well, you, you say all these nice things at the end, but you know, while you're out there, you were totally bashing the golf. Course. Yeah. That's, that's why, you know, point. so the little, uh, he kind of puts on that face at the end, you yeah. know, hat comes off and he's all 
PC. That's yeah, okay. I think there's there's he's not the most genuine. That's one of the things I don't like about him. Jay, you and I were with with a buddy. Um, a great. I don't like him as much now. That's a good point. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Love it. Well, like going back, was it last year when he cussed out the the camera guy for yeah. videoing him? It's like yeah. he's like worried about his brand. Well, dude, your brand is because you're on TV. Yeah. If there's no cameras there, you don't have a brand. So, yeah. so shut up about to, that. Learn how to deal with it, buddy. Yeah. Right. You know. And so one of one of our buddies, I won't name him. I won't air him out on this, but um, used to work for Cobra Puma and met Bryson along the way. And Jay, you and I had asked him last year at the State Open what were your thoughts? And he was like, it was like, and I'm not going to, this isn't a quote, which is paraphrased. It was like, he got the douchebag coached out of him. <laughs> right. It was like, his people kind of yeah. got to him yeah. to try yeah. to like, like, all right, don't say this. Yeah. Don't like this. we're going to coach Maybe you up not. really hard how to talk to people. Cause yeah. what I, you want to say is not right. Yeah. I think he's just, again, it's just that social, you know, I don't want to use the word socially inept because that's too much. I mean, he's not that bad. No, but just yeah. socially awkward. You know, yeah. he's just he just doesn't know how to handle conversation. He doesn't know when it's too much. Like he doesn't. There's no radar. They're like, ah, I shouldn't shouldn't go that far. You know, I shouldn't shouldn't do that. And then he'll lay on the the drama on the really thick on the back end. Um, and it's like, well, you didn't have to you didn't have to go that far with the fake tears and all. You know. <laughs> You know, but so, also, like, if he is truly a you know, a brainiac and, and approaches things differently, then yeah, I mean, the, the world's full of those people, right? We know we've all got a friend or a family member, or something that's you know really, really smart, but like they can't. They're so smart, it, it affects how they interact socially. Yeah, um, but they're not in front of a camera. So, like, I yeah. totally agree. I think it would be we would probably appreciate it more if he was just more authentic, but that's a great point. Yeah. Jad. I, you know, um, I didn't realize it until you said like he is who he is on the golf course and who he is in his interviews. They're like two different people. Yeah. And that leads people to believe maybe there's some, some phoniness. Is yeah. that word phoniness? Yeah. It, it is now. Yeah. I think it's it's bullshit. We'll call it that one. There, there we go. Tommy. Well, and the one thing that I always remember about him is when they got him, um, on the range late that one he just like throwing a fit almost throwing clubs on the driving range um that that tells you a lot about someone right there and all the issues berating all the rules officials last year he had like three different you know yeah. instances where he's trying yeah. to get stupid rulings in the first place well, and then is the, acting like a victim you know how about, how about the ruling that he got there on uh, 16 i, I didn't i, I kind of missed the beginning of it. i don't know if you guys saw it so i was at a restaurant watching it i didn't i couldn't hear what was going on or there was no closed caption i couldn't see i did hear on social media some people thought it was a pretty generous yeah. very generous i know roger malpe i guess made a comment that was pretty generous but yeah, Mal malby wasn't wasn't too thrilled with with that uh with that drop um and i, I missed the beginning of it I, it had something to do with the sprinkler head yeah either in his you know he's either standing on it or close to it i i missed it um, and i don't know if they had the uh, does the pj tour enact that two and two rule i didn't think so unless that was a it's a local rule that they they put on the you know they put on the hard card or put on the the t-sheet and what are you talking about so there's a local rule in golf for our, our listeners and, and tom um <laughs> if <laughs> if there's sprinkler heads and they're within two club lengths of the green and you're within two club yeah, yeah. lengths of the sprinkler head, you can get relief. Typically, you only get relief if you're standing on it or your ball's on it or your swing's going to or not yeah. line of play. You don't get relief from sprinkler head's line of play. You got to chip it over it or put it through them or whatever. I, knew, I thought that was a local rule. It is a local it rule. Is. But I wasn't sure if they used it on the PGA Tour or not. I don't believe they do. 
I mean, they each, you can enact a local rule in, in any event, as long as it's on, it's, it's on your, um, it's on the sheet. Mm-hmm. You, uh, yeah. I just don't know if the, the you first. would think that if the PJ tour do that, that, they would make that uniform for all their events, but. Well, Arnie, you no, know, not for, not for all the events. No. Years ago at Bay Hill, right? Was it the six hole that somebody years ago figured out you could go down? There's another fairway left to six or something. Did dad tell that last week? No, he no. didn't. No, no. I know what you're uh, talking about. But yeah, yeah, so you, could it, it, you, you could hit it. You could hit it down three three fairway, and then kind of they, they have a short iron in. But they've they it, planted so trees. Um, but years and years ago, maybe there weren't trees. But somebody was figured that out during the first round or second round, did it, and the next day there was a note in everybody's locker that that has been deemed out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, in middle course, out of bounds. Middle yeah. tournament, no more. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So back to the distance question. I, I this is one that's about this whole. This isn't Bryson or distance related, but if they're going to do something and they're going to bifurcate the rules and make rules for pros and rules for AMs, recreational golfers, that's dicey. Where where do you bifurcate those rules, right? And I, I, now I'm thinking actually from a selfish reason. So I'm a professional. Massive air quotes there. Um, <laughs> golf professional, not a golf professional, professional that plays occasionally in some minor professional events. So are they going to make this for the state open, right? But then there's amateurs that play in the state open. Yeah. What about the AMs that get into the Masters or the U.S. Open? I think it's a really interesting topic. It's going to be really hard for them to set a line or who has to have special equipment. Are you going to make amateurs have two sets of clubs or two sets of golf balls? Like I feel like that's... What happened? You remember when the, the groove... Uh, they made the groove change from, you know, what they went from square to U, right? Yeah, but at least they made that across the board, right? So every manufacturer had to do that. That's there true. wasn't the AMs could do this, the pros could do uh, that. There what, wasn't maybe a certain time frame. Yeah. But you did run you into longer areas. as an AM to, yeah. to switch over. Yeah. But if you were playing, if you had qualified as an AM to play you, in a tournament, you had, you had to have, have you had to the have only set, way that the set wedges that were tour. If you were a club exactly. pro that was, you know, able to play in a certain event or what our money qualify. Cause I remember I was at Nike at the time and and we ran into that with a, a couple of our um, kind of staff guys, let's say our, our PGA professional staff guys. Um, and then one or two amateurs, I remember it, you know, being a case that they needed the the new grooves for something they're playing. In, and it was kind of a, a scramble or, you know, how do you help these guys? I mean, it was just, it was a little bit of a mess, but like you said, that was, that was a different animal than what this could be. Tell you what, that that did make a huge difference when they switched those. I remember it was like 2010, I think. Those square grooves that you could use. Oh man, you could spin the heck out of it out of the rough. And then as soon as they got rid of it, they had to they had to redesign the wedges. You know, now you you know, uh, McLean, you can fill us in on that. But it's they move the center of gravity around on these wedges a little higher on the the toe to try to change the center of gravity to kind of still create some more spin. I think that's pretty common now for all the all these all these club companies, um, they all do it because it works, but you didn't have to do that, you know, you know, 10, 12 years ago, you just had, you know, square grooves and you could, I mean, you'd be in thick rough and you could just nip this thing and it would spin like crazy, but you get a lob wedge in the, you know, first cut. Um, and all it would do is just now all it does is just ride up the face. You have to really be conscientious of your angle of attack, how you hit it. And you probably take one more club and swing a little easier, but, um, it, that made a big difference. And that's kind of to our point, we're talking about rolling back the, the drivers and the and the balls. I mean, that was essentially kind of a rollback of the way. Oh, absolutely was. So, 
Um, you know, I think no matter what they do, but th- like you said, it was, it was across the board for everyone. Um, so it's still, everyone's playing the same, the same stuff. And I, I would rather see if they're going to do something, then do it for everyone. So it's all the same and the amateurs pros were all hitting the same stuff. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to roll back my members though, Jay. I mean, they don't need to be rolled back. Like, yeah, but I mean, but you want to make it, if you're going to roll it back and it's just, you're rolling back for everybody. I don't think it's a good idea, but I'm just saying, if you're going to do it, don't have two sets of rules because that the, the cool thing about golf again, is that we can hit the same ball pretty much the same ball, the same, same driver, I mean, you can get the same equipment that they're using on the PGA Tour. Um, Here's the thing. Make is, a ball cool. for them. Make a ball, tour ball, and then for everybody else. And if, look, if you're an amateur and you want to play that softer ball that goes shorter, you know, go right ahead. But that's why I feel like that's the easiest thing is to to do it with the golf ball. Um, then I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. But, like, you're right. It, it's We are able to to put ourselves, you know, in the footsteps Um of the professionals, unlike any other sport as an amateur, but I don't know that, that, that they might be coming to an end. Well, I'm, I'm kind of against the bifurcation. Uh, I personally believe that it's going to lead to uh, a lot of questionable headaches that people won't foresee. Uh, all of a sudden you have guys that are potentially saying that they're playing this ball and yet they're playing the, the amateur ball and whatever group in a gambling group. <clears throat> but if you're going to do it, you have to do it by a either tournament perspective. So if you're an amateur and you're playing in certain tournaments, like you were with the grooves, um, if you're going to play at that level, you have to play a certain ball or whatever, mm-hmm. it is, whatever it's going to be. But on the amateur side, on the, on the opposite side of that, going back to what I was just saying, that's where I think you're just going to have a, guys playing all sorts of different stuff. I, I, I think it's going to be a cluster for a lot of the manufacturers and the pros. I mean, Mike, how many skews of golf balls are you going to have to carry in that golf shop if we go to two sets of golf balls? You have a lot of good players that are going to want well, to but, play. But you're only going to two sets of golf balls if they bifurcate. That's only the pros and the AMs. I'm not going to have to carry. I'm going to just carry the, what, I, what I carry now. And then if they change, if they roll the golf ball back for everyone, then the Pro V1 that we know it is now or the whatever it is, that goes away and the new ball comes in. So I'm not going to ever have to carry two different. It's either going to be one for the pros and one for the AMs, and I keep what I have, or everything changes, and that's what I sell. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably saying that. What if you have some guys that prefer to play that pro ball, or if some of these guys try to play in like well, I'm going to smack them across the head if they're going to play a pro golf ball because <laughs> they don't need to. <laughs> let's see what the price point uh, is and the margin too. That might affect my sale. But. Yeah, well, that more importantly, let's see what the margin is. <laughs> that's right. Like, who gives a shit if it's good for you? But if you're going to buy it and it's 50 percent markup, let's let's carry it. Hey, if it's good business, I'm. <laughs> There's not a lot of money in golf balls, but if we can get a little money in golf balls, we'll take it. um all right so we've we've kind of beat that to death and i still want to talk about the distance as we move forward and hear more uh that comes out from the manufacturers and the usga and the rna i I do think it's a fascinating discussion um with a lot of different facets to go on both sides and you guys can talk me into one side or the other at some point here yeah but uh one i do want to touch on we have to jordan spieth this past weekend he uh once again Tommy, he almost did it for you, buddy. I was so glad, you know, that you picked him. Um, once again, he proves though that he he moves the needle a lot more than than most guys, right? I don't think, from what I saw, he did not have it. At, I don't think he was even close to having it this weekend. And to say that he can contend 
not having it again is is good, right? Because before he did not have it and you never heard of him. He was drunk slamming Friday afternoon going home, right? He didn't really hit the ball that great. He's got a flair for the dramatic. He he chips in, he holds out, he makes putts from all over the place. It's it's fun to watch. Now he needed to do all that kind of stuff this weekend to even, you know, sniff contention there to to stay relevant because I don't think he hit I don't hit his irons very well, in my opinion. I don't know what the numbers say, but just eyeball test. He doesn't he does, seem like to be a very uh solid ball striker at that level. Let's put it that way. I mean, for that level. No, I mean his iron game is is he, I don't think it was great this weekend, but it had been the last few weeks. He, he's again, still, his is spraying it everywhere. He's still hitting his his shorter clubs pretty good. Um yeah. I mean, he's hitting his his wedges and his scoring clubs pretty pretty well, and he's got a great short game. His swing um, looks good too. I, I it, it looks a little right different. Direction. It's it's he's this little practice swing he does with this like kind of bent left arm laid yeah. off at the top. It I mean it and it's what he does in this full swing. I mean, it's apparently he's trying to do that. I mean, it, yeah. I mean he's been hitting it better. But driving, dri- he still can't hit more than fifty percent of his fairways. I mean, I, I, if he if he was above fifty percent this week, it wasn't much. I know f- Saturday he was six of fourteen fair, uh, fairways. Let's be honest. You take a good you take a good amateur, or you take a uh, you know like a, a a bottom level pro and let them hit it like he hits it sometimes shoot a hundred they'd, they'd shoot a it's 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 fascinating and and um but i mean like we talked about it the other way he makes it from everywhere everywhere he makes more 30 footers <laughs> it's makes incredible it from, i mean it's it's the damnedest thing i've ever seen it like you're just expecting it i think i think he's swinging more confidently even off a tee i still think he's swinging more confidently the results aren't there he did hit a couple even yesterday he hit a great one on 11 um, water on the left there, tight fairway, bunkers on the right, and he aimed right down the water and hit a like power cut right down the fairway. I was like, wow, that's I haven't seen him do that in a while. Now, granted, this, he's not doing that a lot off the tee box, but yeah, maybe, I think I'm, I'm a big be. I'm a big believer that short game is a, is a trickle down. It can help if it starts there. It can trickle down to the rest of your game. Oh, hundred um, percent. I mean, if you're if you're making twenty footers and thirty footers. Think about the stress that it takes off of you the rest of your game. Like when you hit an iron shot, you're like, oh man, if I can just get it to 20 feet, I'm rolling the hell out of it. Then you then you actually free it up. You get rid of some of that tension. Yeah, then you hit the 10 feet. Yeah, you hit it to 10 feet. And you're like, oh wow, I, I am hitting it good. Um no, you're 100 percent right. I mean, that, that gosh, when you're making putts like that and 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 your short game is that good, it just frees you up so much. And I think we're seeing the benefit of that. He's he's getting these magical putts to drop and he's it's really freeing him up with his iron game, which uh, is certainly helping. But gosh, if he could, if he could just hit the ball in, in the fairway a little bit more, he just doesn't hit it long enough. Um, but if he if he could find a way to hit it in the fairway more, he really he really will uh, probably get on a run. If if he's hitting 10, 11 fairways around, I mean, he's only averaging what is he three hundred yards off the tee? Yeah, last time we looked, it was like two ninety eight. Yeah, so I mean, he's not hitting at three thirty, so he's got to hit the fairway. Um, to, to compete and but when he does if he does um yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be in the mix so i heard that so like saturday night you know he went to bed everything was all good and um he wakes up about 2 a.m and he's thirsty and, and it was dark in his room so instead of going and getting a glass of water he called michael geller his his caddy and said hey i need you to drive over here and get me some ice water and you know 
I thought you were going to a breastfed story there. That's where I thought you were uh, thirsty. I thought that was, I thought his mother's in town. I wasn't I mean, sure what my, was going whatever on. Mike, whatever Michael Geller's making, it is, you know, he's earning it. Bless his heart. <laughs> I love the conversations those two have. It's fascinating to listen to it. At one it's point, not a this whole weekend, lot of conversation. It's Jordan Speed kind of just chattering. And Michael Geller's going, well, yeah, uh-huh. he, he just looked at him at one point and he goes, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I would, I and, and I, I'm gonna keep, I keep uh, commenting on Zinger because he's he's actually got some good ideas. But he was like, if you could mic up DeChambeau and and Jordan Spieth for the whole round, and every time it's their turn to hit, you just let's hear the whole thing, no commentary from the guys in the booth. Just let oh, them be talk. awesome. It would actually be pretty entertaining to listen to these guys the way their the way their brains work. I mean, more so Bryson, but or at least Jordan's reactions, like the kind of the that you know, I always say that word nervy, but he definitely gives that kind of anxious, nervy impression. But he he still performs with it. So I mean, I agree. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, you know, I'd rather hear. I want to hear what the, like their dialogue between. Them. Remember yeah. Phil Phil and Bones? Some of their like dialogue back and forth was was be a dissertation. Go. It, you're right. It was like that, but it was, it was interesting. Oh yeah. I mean, you're like, awesome. you wanted to hear what they were going to say next. What was fast. I remember bones being able to like talk Phil out of a club. I mean, it was like, he's a, you're it's you're a psychologist basically. I mean, you have to take this guy who has a massive ego and you can't break it. You gotta, you have to pump it up, but you have to tell him that the decision he's getting ready to make is wrong. Yeah. But you, you have to do that in such a way that does, you I mean, that's. And yeah. you got to earn that trust though yeah. with those guys. Oh, totally. Right. I totally. mean, that's. And all uh, these guys have, all these guys. Yeah. Have. I mean, uh, that the, the caddy, the role of the caddy is is something we could you know talk forever on, and, and maybe we should at some point, um, because it is fascinating. And I think that you know years ago, all you wanted your caddy to do was show up and be sober, and half the time they couldn't do that. Um, That's <laughs> what my co-host to show up and be sober. I can't get that done either. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you you, just, you picked the wrong codes. <laughs> That's your fault. Yeah. Um, but I think now that, you know, that role of the caddy with, with the money involved with everything that, that, you know, golf is now it's, it's a big deal. You know, these guys make a lot of money, but they play a huge role and you, there's no, it's not a fluke that great caddies end up on great bags. Look at, you know, who Steve Williams caddy for look at those guy named Greg Rita back in the day, you know, who was caddied for Greg Norman in his prime, John Daly in his prime, Scott Hoke in his prime. There's another guy that he caddied for in his prime. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I just, it's always that caddy role has always been very interesting to me. It, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly uh, going away. It seems like with all the, and we, we were going to talk about this anyway, with the, the yardage books are so crazy. So detailed, these green, I mean, and I, I these, these green books are these, the, the, the books of the green and the slope, they use GPS. I mean, to the, to the 10th of a degree of the of slope. I mean, I get it. More information you would think is better, but sometimes it's just, it gets so convoluted. You're like, I've got so much info and you get, you know, paralysis by analysis. You're just sitting there looking like, wow, this arrow says this. And like, you know, I can't break that way. The, the book says it's going to do this. And the guys sit there and deliberate over and over. It's like, geez, just put it, you know, just feel yeah. it. So that, Seriously, yeah, that, you know? that takes us great transition, Jay. I love that. Right to our next topic that we were going to talk about is some rules that we would change. And we were texting about some things yesterday. I think the green reading books need to be banned. And then they've they've already yeah. clamped down a little bit. Right. The They change the, the size. They change yeah. the scale of them that they can use. But green reading is a skill. Right. 
Yeah, that is a skill. The good ones that don't need to read a book, they should have an advantage over some knucklehead staring down at a book. Dude, the greens, the greens over here. Look at look at the slope over here. Don't look at your damn book. More. Yeah, it slows down no, play, I and it's a, it's a skill. I, I think there's a lot of good players that don't know how to read greens. You know what, Mikey? What if like we talk all the distance and you know we the, the distance conversation? But I think if you took the that those books out of play, just they're gone. That's gonna some of these bombers like Bryson. I mean, he'll figure it out, obviously, but um, it would certainly he would have to make an adjustment because he yeah. really relies on that. A lot of these guys would, and I, I think that's uh, that's baloney. I mean, I never used them. You know, granted, I was on the tail end of when. No, but see, but in. you were a field player. That was always yeah. like you never. But, but your caddies didn't. You never let your, your caddies. You'd get them to like kind of look, but you wouldn't. If if your caddies, I remember with you, like if your caddies are reading your putts, I'm like, uh oh, he's he's. Yeah, yeah, I'm he's struggling. Not, he's I, I, there's one thing to have a caddy, in my opinion. If you're if you're caught in the middle, like if it's a very straight putt, and you're like, "Hey, what do you see? Do you see it breaking left or right?" That's one thing. Like, I don't want to miss misread it in the sense that like I, I've played it to break right wrong to left side. It, yeah, that's one thing. But don't tell me how much, you know. And we can get on this, but in, in my opinion, you know, great putters they have a very there's different strokes, but they have a very consistent stroke and they, they can, they can find their start line. They have a consistent stroke to find a start line. Then they have a good feel for the speed. And then once they have that, then they can start reading putts. Like it doesn't, that's the order that it works. You can't hit the ball all over. You can't hit the ball all over the face and not be able to start the ball on your line and then try to read a putt. Uh, you, cause you, you, you can't get the ball started on line. You can't get a feel for the speed. It, 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 It works order hit the ball consistently solid on the face or at least consistently where you as a consistent role then you can get a feel for how fast or the speed of the greens and then you can start reading reading putts now a six footer that's straight obviously you don't need a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of reading involved but for these guys that are great putters they have very consistent strokes i mean billy mayfair we used to play practice rounds together and i was it, it totally blew my mind how crazy that stroke was, but he did it every time. It may look crazy to everybody else, but the ball started on the line that he wanted, and he had a he had a great feel in terms of gauging the speed of the greens. And then it was then the the, the line is easy after that. It's like oh man, I, this is my start line. I've got a good feel for the for the speed of the green this week. Then the lines just jump out at you. Um, and I think if you try to do it in any reverse order, the, the guys struggle. You know, that's that's a good point because we've all it's it's hard to like explain, but we've all had that twenty footer where you just you stand over it and you like you kind of know you're gonna make it. Yeah, right. You can't say that out loud because you sound like an asshole, but like you just kind of know. And damn it, if you do, you know, most yeah. of the time. It, so that's yeah, and you see you see the line perfectly. You almost see that yeah. ball tracking on that line going in the hole, right? And that's part of reading the green. You're like, I, I nailed this read. I know this putt. It's going in. And I think that's. Again, but it goes back to the per- stroke the- you make, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. It's, you're freed up and you're like, that thing's Drano. And I think going back to the, reading the greens is how prepared are you to play that golf course on the PGA Tour? Do you know these greens? Right? The veterans should have an advantage. They play Bay Hill every year versus Victor Hovland, who's played it twice. Right? I think that's... Earn your stripes, right? He'll get there. Earn, one day. Your, earn your stripes. Uh, we talked about the yardage books, how detailed. I would be fine if they took them all away, right? If yeah. you want to talk about good caddying, if your caddy's out there walking it Monday night and making notes and taking yardages and having the runouts and having the carries, that's when the caddies become even more and more important if they have all that information. 
versus yeah. staring at a book. I mean, I agree. And, but at the, in the same token, I think the PGA tour, they don't want the caddies to be involved. They don't want, they, they, they don't want the caddy to be the name. They're like, I, we don't care about the caddy. We want the player to be the guy who's doing it. So when these guys start talking about their caddy, like they don't, I don't think they want to hear that. They want, they want it to almost be the player and you just got somebody carrying your bag. I don't want to know who the caddy is. I don't want another name. I, I, they do not want the caddies to be the show at all. Um, anyway, so they, I don't think they'll ever be the, the show, rules around but, caddies. So caddies can only wear, no, but they don't even want it to be, a, they don't even want it to be a team. They're like, this is our, these are our, these are our guys. These are the brand. Like if I, now all of a sudden we've got these caddies in the mix that they're saying we're, we're a team. And it, it is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is. The players say they're a team. The players say they're a team, but I don't think the PJ tour wants, they don't want to market their caddy. They want them. And you know, unless you're the number one player in the world and even, and then you start to bring some of these caddy names. I mean, the only reason right. Steve Williams was, that, that famous because he was with with Tiger and he was on TV all the time. So but he, he got in trouble with the Valvoline logo, remember? Because yeah. Valvoline was sponsoring him and he would take his bib off and he got fined so many times for doing that and he didn't give a crap. Because he was making more from Valvoline. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. That's a great point. And you look at like caddies, they have a dress code, which I only know this because I broke it and had to go <laughs> buy a pair. That was, that was, I've showed up in these like plaid shorts to care. Uh, to look for dad one day and one of the officials comes over. He's like, you can't wear those. I was like, wear what? He's like, those shorts. I was like, well, I don't understand. He's like, you can wear khaki, black, or navy shorts as a caddy. I was Why like, were you wearing plaid to begin with? Because That's a bigger lucky, question. They're my lucky shorts and they, dad hated them. So <laughs> that's, his, that's the main reason. Look, so I had to go. One of the, This was at Preston with the SAS Championship. And fortunately – couple of the assistants I know well. So we're on the first tee. And I was like, guy's name's Tony. I'm like, Tony, go give me a pair of shorts, please. Tony goes in there and gets me a pair of khaki shorts. I take dad's umbrella. He opens it. Tony, um, right on the first tee. And I get behind this umbrella and change my shorts. Yeah. (laughs) In a senior, in a champion store event? Yeah. (laughs) And he hit the first fairway, thank God, because if he didn't. It was going to be your fault. I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Nothing to see here, everyone. Nothing to see here. Just just a grown man changing his yeah. shorts on the first tee. Well, you know, the galleries were not very big in our group that day. No, but that's I mean, but you're you're spot on. It's it's they want, you know, yeah. the caddies, that role is is it's much bigger than it's ever been. Um but the tour doesn't want them to be any bigger than they need to be. No, they they've got a they've got a different set of rules, just like you said. Um than some of the guys. I mean, all of these guys on tour, independent contractors, but they're playing on the, the the tour set up, you know, by the PGA tour. But the caddies you would think would be the same, but it's not. They've got like a, a separate kind of rule, a separate set of rules for these caddies and like code of contact, dress code, all of these other things, you know, endorsements, it's they have to be much, it's much different, like you said, with with Steve. Approved. They're trying to act like they're an employee yeah. of the PGA Tour, but they're not employees of the PGA Tour. Exactly, exactly. They're trying yeah, to the union, now, isn't there a, a caddy union? Yeah. Need Jimmy Hoffa to be in charge of that. They'd wear whatever <laughs> they want. I'd be wearing those plaid pants. Yes, you would. <laughs> Plaid's in. Nah. Is it? Is nah. it? No. Is it though? No. Yeah. <laughs> Ahead of the time. So then the other thing coming we, back, we talked about rule Let's change rule change wise, and I think we may all be in agreement with this. Um hit your ball in a divot in the fairway. You should be able to move it. Um yeah. it the whole I, play, I mean 
Yeah, you're right. Go ahead, Mike. You, so my, my whole thing is, especially with where they're going with the rules nowadays, you can ground your club in a hazard. You can move stuff. You can make practice swings. You, you can, can fix, fix everything on the green. Now. Everything on the green. I hit a perfect drive in the middle of the fairway, and it goes in a divot. And I'm sorry, it's, it's not the same. So if, Jay, if you're in the group behind me, I hit a drive in the middle of the fairway, and I make a massive pellet of a divot. It's right? not the same course. It's not the same course. You could hit it in my divot. That was not that divot was not there for me, but it's now there for you. Well, so you're the last man. Three iron, he'd have to hit a three iron off the tee to hit it in your divot. Well, yeah, he's laying up. I'm Zach Johnson. He's Bryson. You know, again, let's fucking roll him back, not me. <laughs> you know, it's and so it's just not the same. If you're the the, the last group of the day, there's a hundred divots out there that were not there for the first guy to tee off. Think about the collection area. Some of these, you know, everything funnels down. These fairways get firm and fast. Like, I, you know, I just that's I, yeah, play it as it lies. I get that, but I'm you know, and I can. I think you're right, and 100. percent I think I agree. I think it's all, the worst feeling in the world. Just let's just but, snap. Like when you just walk up the, on a perfect drive and you find it in a divot, you're like, just I just it wanna, gets dicey though. I want to hold my breath. But how do you determine what a divot is? Like, that's where I think they've, they're, that's why they haven't done anything because it's hard to, there's going to be so much speculation. Every time you get up, there's going to be a little impression. And if Bryson DeChambeau hits a ball in this little, little divot, he's calling over an official. So Patrick so Reed's going to be in a divot on every hole. Yeah. I mean, but honestly, and, and if it were, in, if it's within the rules, then Bryson's going to try to take advantage of it. He's going to call an official over four or five times around. So, hey, look, I think this is in an old divot. Like, when is, when does a divot not become a divot anymore? And that's well, tour's got a, the tour officials have to grow a backbone. The tour officials yeah. always can't, like, you know, they, they go in there and the players kind of with a get a little attitude, these tour officials kind of back down, like, no, you are there to uphold the law. Like you're the police officer. And if you, yeah. you are the, you judge pull out your gun? Huh? what'd you say? I said, if you got to pull out your gun, then you just do it. You I mean, let them yeah. know. Sorry. I had to well, shoot Patrick Reed in the ankle. He was talking a little trash and I gave him a two shot penalty and I had to shoot him. Sorry. <laughs> Now he's if you're going to have a rule, you just got to get on 100% on one side or the other with it. If you're allowed to fix all the stuff on the greens, you ought to be allowed to do it. And it's just like, you know, going to what you're saying, Jay, it's just like fixing a ball mark now. Say, hey, I'm going to fix this to your playing partner. Hey, is this a ball mark? Are you good with this? I'm going to fix this. Yeah, absolutely, of course. And I think that's what this becomes. But because we have the ability yeah. to do that, I feel like it should be the same thing in the fairway. Hey, this is a divot. I'm going to yeah. take a drop. Are you good with that to your playing playing partners and if yeah. they have a problem with it they're gonna let it be known um but yeah. at the same time it's like if you're gonna go all the way with it let's do it everywhere if we're not let's fix yeah. nothing you play it from where it lies you don't fix ball marks yeah. you don't fix spike marks you don't fix any of that shit um Anything. well you could fix ball marks but you guys get where i'm going with that i may have got a little oh, out of hand man. with not fixing ball marks but you know we're not fixing spike marks <laughs> we're gonna we're make doing, this yeah, hardest yeah, yeah. Like, wait you can't even clean that's the ball anymore for the fucking green but you're um, right mclean like have some just pick one side or the other yeah pick well, one side or the other and let's let's police it the same way all the way across it's either t to green or it's not at all it used to be that way. You couldn't even mark your ball in the green. It was literally you played it yeah, where it lies. I ball marks. I like that. You had you Pick had to where it was. You had to leave it. Yeah. What did they hit stymies? Did they hit that? Was that a putter they used? They kind of how did they it not chop down on it? Spun a little bit. So hard. But I've seen them hit use just the little wedge on the green if they needed to pop it over another one. That's I've seen that too. That's, that's when you can use that chipper, Tom. Yeah, Tom, you can go back to that. I got to like go that's get one of me. But like, listen, so here we are, good us and, you know, the tour, what it is now, this is like, those guys had to hit over somebody else's ball on the green. 
that's awesome. Right? So that's, but that's probably part of the reason some of these things haven't that's been changed. It's because you've got these old guys that are like, hold on a minute, you know. Let's be honest. The the guys making these rules decisions are not our age. They're probably of that you know elder class where they're going. Well, I remember when you know Bobby Jones had to chip it over. You know, like I mean that day's like Bobby Jones is dead. Like we all love him and we respect him, but like you know he also wore a freaking tie when he played golf. Well, right? that's why I think I don't know if we talked about this in the pod. I think we had he wore a, little- a tie. If I had to wear a cotton golf shirt right now, I'd die. You know? <laughs> Tie. Just pair that with your plaid shorts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Looks good on you, though. No, me too, Will. <laughs> a lot of wet spots all over that. Oh, just yeah, like the <laughs> so sweaty. Right here, like the the man boobs. Just, sweat. You yeah. can wring it out after the round. Little, you know, little under the under boobs stain. Under right there. Like Tom, are you wearing a bra? All the <laughs> bourbon, all the bourbon sweat. You just wring oh. that stuff out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's it's pretty. It will be interesting with Mike Wan taking over as CEO. Did we have we talked about Mike Wan on the podcast? I don't. Yeah, we did. Former LPJ Commission taking over for the for the USGA for CEO. He's not a golf guy, so I wonder if that, you know, he's a marketing guy. I wonder if that changes the outlook in the of how they can go about their rules. He can look at it at a, as a different way, as not that old school guy that's been in the game in the rule book for decades to kind of get you know break the mold a little bit no i like that um when mike davis took over i i've got a friend of mine who's a rules official and he told me he had had dinner with mike and mike said my first priority is to outlaw that belly putter anchoring and all of that and i'm just sitting there going that's a personal agenda that's not good for the game yeah you're doing that on it based off of a personal agenda and i actually think mike Wan not having that golfing background might Doesn't allow care. him to be a little bit more objective to kind of what's good for the game yeah um, whether or not it's something that helps to bring more people to the game does it let people play longer i mean i think those are things that are more important than anchoring or any of that I mean, any personal agenda is probably a better way to say it but um i think it could be a good thing we may get a uh, a lack of a personal uh, agenda or thought process in the governing body well if mike if, if mike wine isn't successful have fallen Mike Davis, then you know, because Mike Davis has been, and look, it's a tough role, but he, there's a lot of people out there that aren't the biggest fan of his. Um, you know, yeah, there's a few hands that went up in this group, <laughs> yeah. but um, which is in the irony there is right, like, so his course setup is what got him in all this trouble, and now he's going to design golf courses. Like, man, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna line up to play now. that one. <laughs> Let me know how that turns out. But I think you're right. I think having somebody, you know, from uh, from Juan's pedigree could be um, could be really good. We'll see. He knows well, he knows what not to do. Well, the governing True. bodies have a tough time, or I mean, a tough task. Quite frankly, they have to toe the line of distance and entertainment while keeping in with the traditions of the game. And it's tough to make a a big stance on either side because it could it could affect it could have a large ripple effect. Well, they're also, they're, they're the stewards of the game from a recreational amateur level, but they're also putting on the premier world-class competitions. Yeah. And events. how do so you, how, how do you, you keep blend it entertaining? Two? Yeah. How do you keep it entertaining whilst keeping in with the tradition? Right. Cause you know? again, because golf is the only sport that the AMs play the same rules and the same things as the pros, the NFL, the NFL, I mean, every other sport, I mean, college is different than pros. 
right? So the NFL is worried about them themselves. They're not worried about what the Pop Warner team's doing yeah. down the street. So it's way more challenging from the USGA RNA standpoint of what they have to do than MLB or the NHL or NBA. They're just worried about, you know, their 30 owners in those leagues or whatever it is. So, all right, one, uh, before, let's get to uh, Bay, uh, get off of Bay Hill and, and kind of get to the players, but real fast, uh, I do want to shout out Arnie. I just love that stat that they showed. He's the last person to shoot his age on the PGA tour. He shot 71 when he was 71 that's in awesome. 2001. Respect. That's just, I mean, that's, I didn't know that. Uh, I'm not sure how I didn't know that until this weekend, but that's pretty damn cool to play the back tees PJ tour set up in competition. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Tom, we know, I know uncle Arnie, we get it. All right. I mean, I love that. I just, that those, I, those memories that you have with them, the stories you were telling so cool. last week. Amazing. I mean, how awesome were they? How awesome is that? Uncle Arnie. I mean, to sit there with Arnold Palmer and just talk golf and stay at his house and, Drink too much when you're a teenager. That's awesome. Man. What a great memory. Well, I, casually, I, I, didn't, said, I didn't have uh, a drop, but let's just say the other men in the room had plenty. Well, it was like how casually he just mentioned it. was like, Winnie's just coming over and asking if I'm okay. Winnie's never asked me shit. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Arnold Palmer, uh, is a, um, he's kind of one of those guys that, you know, the day he, the day he passed, he became immortal, right? You know, yeah. he's. Um, yeah, absolutely. Bobby Jones was could have been like Arnold if if you know the technology and the media and television was uh was the same as you know in Arnie's day but um and I just he he, he was uh he was bigger than the game and then that's hard uh, you know I don't say bigger than the game but he was the game and he brought a lot of people to it and it's it's so cool to uh you know every year at his event and and just the way they honor him and you know, their foundations and stuff. It's, it's a cool event and, and the players seem to really kind of get it, which is, which is, I think really special. There you go. I'll show off my Arnie autograph right here. I had a chance to meet him at Bay Hill a few years or a while back. And, uh, one of the coolest experiences of my life. So we were talking a minute ago about that, like, you know, before we started recording, whether it was with, you know, Arnold Palmer and, and, and Jack Nicholas now, and, and you know, it, it's for our generation. It's hard to watch these guys get old, and um, I'm sure it's the same for a lot of golf fans. Because you know, in your mind, you see and Jay, and we talked earlier, right? Whether it's Michael Jordan or, or whatever sport it might be, your guy, right? Joe Montana, right? Joe Montana still looks pretty damn good for his age. Let's just yeah. be honest. But yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> these people are—they're larger than life, and and you know, to watch them get old is tough. But their legacy lives on, and and. Uh, you know, he, he obviously did a lot for the game. So, yep. Tip of the cap to Arnie. Uh, it's good that we get to go to Bay Hill every year. Not we, but the tour. Um, oh, I don't no, know why. I have no Tash idea why Berg, I said we. Tashenberg goes to Bay Hill every year. What up, Tash? He, he does. Yeah. Yep. But, fact, um, I he waiting for the invite. There. Yeah, Tash. We'll have E9 down whenever you want, pal. Whenever you want. We're available. So <laughs> I just want to winter somewhere still. I, I don't know. It just sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. I winter in Powhatan. So, yeah. Same with Jay. Yep. It's but uh, one last shout out, uh, Austin Ernst on the LPGA tour. Here's Go my Austin. name drop. I know Austin a little bit. Uh, play a little golf. You know, Jay doesn't do any name drops anymore. I don't know yeah, why. What happened but to I that? think we we talked him out of that. We gave him so much shit. He stopped his name drops. Yeah, so. I, no, I think I, I think I used them all up the first two episodes. 
That's uh, all I got. <laughs> but Austin played golf a little bit this past summer uh, during quarantine at the Foundry. We were happy to have her. She's a um, great player, pleasure. But she won wire to wire LPJ Tour, one by five, made it look pretty easy. Kind of put it away early on the front nine yesterday with four straight birdies. So that's uh, so good. hard to do on the Sunday final round. I mean, yeah. I don't care how good you are. You're nervous. And to just, you know, Extend your lead. Oh, there's my, you know, uh, to roll off birdies like that and to jump out of that commanding lead power to her. That's, that's yeah, awesome. She's, she's rocking up the, uh, you know, Solheim cup charts. I know she's trying to make that team. She might be almost essentially a lock. Now I think she may be third on the list since she has, she's had two wins since quarantine ended. I know she's trying to work hard to make the Olympics. So, uh, shout out Austin. Great playing. Um, strong chance we have her on the pod next week just saying but Sleepy. uh look, shout look, out look. to drew as well her caddy and uh brother yeah. i played minis with that guy really good player smokes it off the tee good dude good family yep good family good comes Mark from a, uh, her dad cross creek plantation cross uh, creek good pga place. good pga professional that's right absolutely. absolutely so uh we, we look forward to talking to her soon in the near future but let's make our way to the players if nobody knew the players was this weekend, then you did not watch golf because I think it was every commercial break there was a players ad. It was quite remarkable how many players ads there were. But who's so, the logo? This is I should know this, but like the players logo, the I have no idea. That's a great question. I have no idea. You know everything. You should know. I, I, I definitely don't know anything. I, I like I don't, the goat logo. What's the story with the goat logo? I don't is it that. is it Jerry West? Is he the logo? So I may be, I may. I may be pretty be cool. Incorrect. I'm the logo in two sports, <laughs> but I think back in the day they brought somehow they brought goats out to eat a bunch of the, uh, I'm going to screw this up for the podcast. Hold on. This is bullshit. This is a true story. This is true story. The goat logo from the players. You don't know about the goat logo. Look wow. up the goat logo, Mike, while I'm telling it, you, you can then okay. finish and tell me if I'm full of shit and I'm completely wrong and off topic, but basically they brought in this, a bunch of goats to help eat uh, a bunch of the grass around the property and kind of maintain the property a little bit. And some just ended up hanging around forever. And there's this, uh, there's this goat logo now and a goat story from the players. Uh, please Mikey, have an answer and tell me I'm full of shit or something. Uh, here we go. The chew crew. They called them the chew crew. There we go. Man, this is not where I thought this was going. Well, so I, so I did a little quick, a little quick research here, Tom. But it looks like how'd you do it so fast? I'm looking right now. Uh, uh, Dean Beeman, when they were kind of creating this logo, he used some similarities to Ben Hogan, but he said it is not Ben Hogan, but it is a, it's somewhat of a template of Ben Hogan. Oh, so it's not an actual person. It's not an actual person, but he used some of the things to to help form this figure there of Ben Hogan. That doesn't look anything like Ben Hogan. I, I you know, I, that's what I said. I, if if I were going to say somebody, I was going to say like a uh, like a Tom Weiskopf or yes. a, or a, you know or a or a good. Uh, I don't know anybody. Yeah. Sevy? Nah, Sevy's legs were never that stationary. <laughs> His knees were really out there. That man was moving. Um, <laughs> so the goat was based literally goats around the property. Yeah, they had twelve of them. This, I, I'm not reading this whole story, but they had twelve. On goats. the property or around the property? Uh, on the property. So, and they just kind of hung out and ate grass. What about yeah, like? It says on multiple occasions, the goats would ex escape their pens and wander near the clubhouse, bothering guests and employees, making a mess of the property. Then they all, you know, eventually, just a year after, they took up residence on the golf course for a little bit. 
Yeah, the Chew Crew, they were called. Well, hey, tip, uh, tip Bird, of the cap to those, them. What was that? What hole at Lake View? Remember that, like those left of one hole, there was a farm and they had llamas over there. Yeah. You remember that? In Harrisonburg? Yeah, that, was on the, that was on the lake. The That was on the lake nine. Yeah. It was on the, the par three. And then you went back to number six, I think. Five or six was the downhill par four or five. Yeah. They had llamas out there. Talking Harrisonburg, yeah. Calamore. Calamore have that? I mean, llamas. Like, well, they have the, don't they have the caddies that are llamas? Tell them. Do you remember my first uh, college tournament at JMU and on that on that nine that Lake Nine? I, I can never um, tell it anyway. So, you, so it's <laughs> it's a downhill par four. It's pretty simple. You just hit down the hill and you have like a wedge in. But to the right, um, probably five yards off the fairway is the the main road that like splits the golf course in two. So I get up on the first tee is my first college tournament and that hole. It's super easy, but I hit three wood and I you know I was nervous. <laughs> First hole's not easy. It's straight. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty know. tight. It is pretty tight. You have to get a drive. And the fairway is like 20 yards wide. You hit it left, you're in these like low pines. You get it right, you're out of balance, right? And so right. remember, John Scott hit a car like our first qualifying tournament. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's a that's another story. That'd have been good. Uh, maybe, we'll get, this maybe, this is good. maybe we'll get him on to talk. But it, needless to say, I hit three wood, I blast it right. And you know, everyone's on the tee. Everyone kind of goes, you know, gives that sigh, like and like before the ball even landed, I reach in my back pocket and take another ball out, peg it up, and like just rip it. And I get done, I hit it in the middle of the fairway. And the coach is like, Why did you have two balls in your pocket? Like, what do you, what did, did you go up go up to the tee expecting to hit it out of bounds? Like, what what, what were you doing? And you remember uh, Paul Gooden, shout out to Paul Gooden down in Savannah, Georgia, Georgia. And I was like, Boy, what were you thinking? You get up there. <laughs> Two balls in your pocket. It's a, you just you're expecting to hit it out of bounds, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit, you're right. Why would I do that?" So <laughs> I had no idea. Just because I'm used to playing, you know, I'd always play practice rounds, and I'd have two balls, so I could hit some wedges, and I just, I mean, I, I'd only been playing golf for like three years. I didn't. That's the only way I did it. <laughs> Never did that's it. Safe time, coach. You know. <laughs> Never did it again. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, there was the, that nine holes on that side of the golf course. We could have a whole episode about the stories and the shit that happened over there. That's for yeah. another day. Yeah. Anyway. Good, good fun. Good fun. Golf course, Lakeview golf course in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Not where the PGA Denver. tour is playing this week, but ah. that would be TPC Sawgrass. Pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Close. So always a fun event. Uh, the best field in golf, fun venue to watch familiar to everyone. Doesn't seem to really ever favor a certain kind of player. We've had long hitters. We've had short hitters. We've had, what was it? Craig Perks. Won the Players Championship. Um, God, the PJ Tour must have hated that. You think? You thought oh, they must have hated that when that but fucker chipped like in right before that or right after that. Like he'd won. I felt like he, he won, won right two. after that. Maybe he chipped in on the last two holes. I remember they chipped yeah. in on seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, it was the Jordan Spieth before Jordan Spieth. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, those are fighting words. <laughs> I mean, they could have a chipping contest. I'd like to see it. Um. But yeah, I think distance is a little bit negated at this place with just, you know, the it's not the world's longest golf course. Par five is pretty easy, you know, so kind of really a lot of ways you can go with your picks this week. Hard to really pick on a certain type of player, but uh, I know I was a little most, late. Set up the draft mentally, mentally tough. Mentally I mean, tough. Yeah. Of you know, a lot of trouble. Hard. It is a hard, tricky, um, you know, nothing. You never get comfortable out there. Like, the 
and that's the way it was designed to be, right? And and Pete Dow did a great job. Like all the angles, right, Jay Bird? Like the angles yeah. don't fit your eye and the greens and like he really off. tries to he really tries to play with your vision off the tee. And like you think you're hitting it here and that's the way you need it, but you really need to hit it, you know, aim at this tree in the right rough to get it in to have a, a good look at the green. I mean, he is uh he's, the way he frames the bunkers, it, it throws off your depth perception. Yeah. It look like there's two in a row and there's 60 yards in between them. Ma- maddening really it's like God, it's just frustrating there's a lot of i mean i get it like, good tour players that hate tough. that place right yeah. there's a lot of good players that really don't yeah, like 100 i'm sure uh, have you guys played it i'm assuming you guys have played it yeah. i played it uh what they don't tell you is how tight that tee shot is on 18 oh it's it's unfair almost uh, it's unbelievable i mean i finished up nowhere to hit golf course <laughs> no nowhere uh, to hit it you got to hit a draw like around that corner with like uh-uh, no thank you yeah, I think I was like uh, eight over on the last four holes of that golf course with like two doubles and a triple. And 17, 17 is like, I remember walking up there. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to get bit by the snake. Like I know that it, you know what it is. It's 135 yards. Just And you get out there and you're like, man, this is not that. I'm not very comfortable <laughs> right now. Yeah, You guys saw yeah. mine. Yeah, we did. Well, that's right. 17. Yeah, if anybody wants to see McLean take on the uh, Island Green, just check our Instagram page at Emergency Nine Pod. Like, follow, subscribe, share, please. It was only like twelve feet short. The pin was front right, and you could tell it. You know, it hits. You can hear it sound up. It catches halfway up that bulkhead, and uh, it's a great sound. It, all right, the- it, do, you, do you see how deflated I was? I mean, all the <laughs> air just went right out of me. No wind up in the sails. <laughs> So, who wants to go first with their picks? I can't find mine. I did it. Where'd it go, Mike? Yeah, I, I, I see you in here. I can't. Find I never. It. I still haven't gotten the link. You still haven't sent it to me. Yeah, this happened last week, Jay. You didn't send I think it. It's, yes, I did. I think hey, who your, won last week? I can't remember. Tom won. Oh, I got a bone to pick, and this happened to Tom. It happened to me. DraftKings. I'm going to write you a fucking email. <laughs> I had Louis Ustazen, <laughs> who. WD Thursday morning, they can't notify me so I could fill the spot, at least take someone from the afternoon wave, at least put in someone. It happened to you, Tom, I think yeah. two weeks ago, Cantley. So you play with five five guys in that format, you can't do anything. Anyways, that's a separate start. But yes, I can Tom, only, Tom did win. My team sucked anyways, but I wasn't going to win. No, no, send him an email. Send him an email. And I, this is how the response would go. Hey, Mike Maroney, thank you for reaching out. I'm going to sign it, Curtis Strange. We made, we made $250 million <laughs> last week. You can take your little problem and stick it where the sun don't shine. Yeah, they don't care about my $10. <laughs> your $10 bet means nothing to you, right? Like, seriously, like, but you're right. They should, there should be some way that, that you get a, you get alerted. I get nine, I get 90 million notifications on my phone every day. I can't well, get one from DraftKings and say, hey, one of your guys just backed out. Yeah. yeah, no, that, I, that's I don't I don't like that either. It's like, man, you put your lineup in. When did he withdraw? Like it was, was Thursday, it Thursday morning. Yeah, but they had enough. They had enough time to get a, an alternate in there. Like Pat Perez was the last alternate, whatever he got in. He was there. And, um, but still, let me try to fill it some spot. Fill, yeah, fill it with somebody else. All right. That's All always right. OK. We no, can no. Hold on. All right. Before you go like that, the alternate that whole the whole story around being an alternate, being at the event, not knowing like that. We should we should compile some stories and that could be a whole episode like just 
what guys think about guys that have been first alternate and then go on to like finish third and then it boosts their careers. Anyway, all right. So was who, who didn't someone win a couple of years ago as an alternate got in? John Daly was like the second alternate. We won the PJ with that mullet and that little <laughs> Corey mustache. What about Corey Connors a few no, years he, ago? He Monday in. Monday in. Yeah. All right. So uh McLean, you're going first. All right. So from lowest dollar amount to highest, seventy three hundred dollars. Big friend of the podcast, Mr. Lonto Griffin. Yeah. Uh, he's been right. playing really well. Last, uh, what is it? Last four finishes, last three finishes. Uh, well, even last four, he's top 25, except for one was T26. We're going to round up and give him a T25 on that. So he's been playing really solid golf, had himself in contention early last week. Um, I like the way he's trending. 7,500, I'm going with the vet, Mr. Sergio Garcia. Ooh. Past champ. Not bad at that guy. Past champ. Past champ, uh, obviously someone who's comfortable playing in, at any stage, um, drives huh. the ball impeccable. Gotta so love Sergio. I, I, I really like him this week. I need to. Top uh, five driver of the golf ball ever, right? Ever, ever. of all time, I, I, without I would, question. Yeah, ball striker of all time, three, arguably maybe? as well. I mean, yeah. he's another one of those guys. Um, he's been he's a he's a more successful Charles Howell the third. Uh, he's got yeah. more wins, but he's a ball striker. He's never done it with the putter, but our iron play, arguably another one of the best iron players of all time. And he's a uh, putt of a person. <laughs> uh, value pick, which blew my mind, is Joaquin Neiman at 7,700. Uh, wow, that is good. That's great value. Average fantasy points are 91.3, which puts him a, ahead of my hey, McClain, talk in the mic. dollar amount. Uh, I'm back. I'm back. So from there, we're moving up to uh, world beater, Mr. Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, again, another guy. Another guy has been playing really solid. He struggled a little bit on uh, Sunday at the at Bay Hill, but a lot of players did. You know, only two players shot under par. He shot seventy seven. Uh, was in a little bit of a contingent before that. Finished tied for tenth. McLean, what keeps him? From, why is he not better than he is? I think putting's keeping him out of it a little bit. There it uh, is. He puts with that claw. It, it's. I think he puts good enough to stay in the mix, but he hits the ball. I mean, his ball striking, I should say, is a better way of saying it, is what puts him there. Um, right. He he puts it okay. I just don't think he's making enough um, of those long putts. He looks pretty solid inside of 10 feet for the most part, but you don't see him making anything of any length. And I think when you're putting with the claw, those longer putts are harder to make. I, I think it's his less control over the blade. I think it's his initials, TF, just like Tony Finau. You know, we have to mention his name. He didn't play last week, so I can't mention wow. Tony. So I got to mention Almost it some way. Made it. Just Almost made it. Just Fleet, like, Fleetwood's, you, Fleetwood's bordering on some Fino-esque, you know, he, habits. He's here. like Adam Scott. Absolutely. That were, you know, like hits it as good as anybody that's ever played. Just got to get in the hole. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, from there, moving up 9,400, Mr. Colin Morikawa. Um Nothing not to like about his game this week for this golf course. This to me almost looks like a just a great setup for him. Um, he, he doesn't have enough experience there where you could go back and say horse for a course, anything like that. But I think he could very much develop that pattern. I think TPC Sawgrass is a tournament that brings out the all around players, guys that are strong in a lot of different facets, not ones that are lopsided in certain areas of the game. Uh, so obviously, with his game, really like it. Um, from there, another guy, probably one of the strongest guys on tour and all around, is Mr. Justin Thomas. Uh, I've got him at 9,900, my big money pick for the week. And, uh, you know, I had two picks left, and I, I was going back through it because I picked my – I always like going a little bit lower in and picking my guys that I like on the south end of the uh, money spectrum and then getting up and seeing who I can afford. 
and I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm going, I've got $300 left over. But it's like, man, I, I can take Justin and Colin at Sawgrass. I'm, I was a big fan of those two guys. I think they'll both play well. Very good all around players. It's, it's, Justin's, yeah. it's, it's time for him to kind of, you know, snap back into form. He needs to get over that hump. I'm hoping this week is the week he does it. That was my only skepticism with taking him. Um, I think this thing's affected him a little bit more than maybe any of us thought it would. Maybe even he thought it would. But uh, I'm well, he also had his grandfather pass away. Absolutely. absolutely. And there, you know, the whole incident back in, in Hawaii. Yeah. But then his grandfather passed away. Yeah, I'm sure I'm the whole tiger thing messed with him. I'm with it. And, you know, he is. He's in Florida. It's not a home game for him. It is up in um, uh, North Florida, but regardless of which, I think he's going to be comfortable in the surroundings, and I think that golf course sets up well for him. Can we get it with that being said? With that being said, I've decided to take Justin Thomas as my uh, There we, there we go. Team. I mean, you guys are disappointing me. No name drops from Jay. No with that being said with McLean. Come on. I only got so many bits here, boys, you know? <laughs> I did say a lot of, you know, you know, you know. I'm just, I'm trying so hard. It's, it's it's you know it's really hard. All right, well it's it's your turn. You know, you know. Okay, well you know, um, I'll be quick. To, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, I like that pick. I think Sawgrass to me is a a plotter's golf course, right? Like you got to really think your way around there. Uh, I think he does very well at that. Maybe you can make a few putts this week. Max Homa, um, you don't like his golf swing no. at all, do you? I mean, it, I, it might be my favorite out there. Did I already say that before? <laughs> it's so good. Max, I love you. It's not what we just had just had a little backdoor top 10 at, at Bay Hill this week. Right. Um, but I think it, it could fit his game. Um, I say that, I, you know, Riviera is more of a kind of free flowing, you know, everything kind of fits. Uh, even it's, when it's a hard looking shot, it fits your eye. Um, whereas... Sawgrass is quite the opposite. So maybe actually now that I think about it, that might have been a bad pick, Max Homo. But <laughs> but uh show me wrong, brother. Um Maverick McNeely, I was kind of running out of dollars, so I went this route, but I, I like everything about this guy. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. He's played okay. Uh, but then going back to what we're talking about being a, a true plotter's golf course, he is a s- very cerebral individual. Um, I think a lot of his game, it's it's about time for Maverick to, you know, break through. So come on, buddy. Uh, let's see. My, my horse was Xander Shoffley. Um, he's made every cut. He's, you know, he's played nine times. He's made five, or he's had five top tens. What can you say about his game? Everything. We love, we all love everything about his game and it's just a matter of time. So hopefully this will be that week. Possibly the best all around player on tour right now. Right. He's a good ball striker. Um, again, what's, where's his, like, what's holding him back? Is it? It's a few putts. He's not a bad putter, but it's just you know making one here, making one there, and next thing you know, you know you're holding a trophy. It's time for him to win a big one. Bada bing, bada boom. Justin Rose mm. uh, was. I don't. That kind of stuff. He's played okay. You know, we hadn't seen his name a ton. Did he? Was top ten? Was it last week? Did he finish top ten last week? No, he just w he would on Saturday. Remember Speed that played oh, by that's himself for like fifteen holes. That was your guy. Oh, that's that's who helped. No, me that wasn't win. my guy, but he WD. He he did his all an all world shank out of the bunker last week at Bay Hill. It was fantastic. Yeah, I wonder, I what is going on with him? Like what? Some I heard he he started going back to Foley too. Well, nothing. He's going to play well this week. Okay, I picked him. Yeah, he's made eight of ten cuts. I mean, so he's not doing. No, we're not doing awful. So, but I mean, compared, to, he was a 
was a top three guy in the world for a while. Oh, I know. He was a, just absolute world beater. He's, he's so Stud, robotic. Like he's so, he, he, I mean, he's so mechanical that I, I, at the end of the day, like if you've got some rhythm, like I do on the dance floor, you know, with things, if, if things start going bad, you can fall back on that, right? Fall back on, you know, something that got you there. But I don't, when you get to where you basically like uh, work the the rhythm and the the natural kind of mechanics out and you become this robot and it doesn't work, that's, I don't know how you fix that. So I picked Justin, really feeling good about that one now. <laughs> and last, my hometown boy, who's obviously had a lot of success here in the past, Webb Simpson. So Webb's been playing well. Um, his is, you know, mind mindset is is really good. I hear right now, which it always is. You know, he's a positive, great dude with twenty five kids, and you know. Um, but anyway, him I, and I Philip Rivers, they just crank him out. I think uh, I think Webb's gonna have a great week. He might even win. Like it, love it. All right, um, Jay, you're still looking down there, so I'll go. Yeah, you go for it. I'm ready. You got, your, you got your team? Are you ready? Yeah, you, whatever you want to do. All right, I'll go real fast. Um, I'm going to start off with my my two studs. I think actually we have, you know, I, I give you guys shit for what you say. We have a we have like a, a whole show, all of us. We always say, that guy's a stud. We use yeah. that a lot as a whole show, all four of us. Anyways, I got two studs at my top. Two of my big man crushers on tour. Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa. Love those guys. Just solid overall, all around games. That's what you need. Like I said, I think it's I think it's time for Xander to get his big one. He would have won the Tour Championship last year if they used normal scoring. But they had that. Dustin Johnson won the net division at the Tour Championship. Uh, Xander Schauffele, on the other hand, won the gross division uh, last year. So that would have been his big win. Then I go down to Daniel Berger playing really well. Uh, I think he's going to play well on a, on a tough golf course. Obviously, has a win earlier this year. Then I go to Paul what's Casey. He done since, what's he done since his win? Just spend he's all his money. Well. Just spend okay. all his yeah, millions. He's, he's, he's what, top 25 every week, pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I go Paul Casey. Uh, he's made a lot of cuts, a lot of top 10s. Came close overseas. Um, he came close somewhere else on this side of the pond as well, I feel like. He's at yeah. four top 10, so he's had to come pretty damn close. So, Casey, and then I went down the board a ways because I spent a lot of money on those four. Uh, Brendan Steele seemed like a good value pick at $6,700. Again, pretty good ball striker. Um, Who? Brendan Steele. Steele. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jesus. And then my last pick, <laughs> I so I, I was blown away. So... They threw up a stat real fast at some point. They had like the lowest career scoring averages among like active guys at Sawgrass. And number three on the list, no idea how, Rory Sabatini. Number three career lowest scoring average at the players for active players, I think was the stat. So I took Rory Sabatini was $6,400. What a douchebag. Look what you do in your stat research, as McLean likes to call it, stat researcher. That's right. You talk about someone I'm not a fucking fan of. I know. That's also why I wanted to say it, too, because it gets you triggered. <laughs> Fuck that. Hey, like, OK, you got to kind of spill like why there, there's obviously some hate. Well, oh, <laughs> without question. Yeah. So um, Pops got paired with him at the PGA at I can't remember. He got paired with him at a PGA and he was such a douchebag about being paired with a club pro and acting like he was the absolute shit when, quite frankly, we didn't know who the fuck he was at that time. 
So okay, easy. <laughs> this was <laughs> early in his career. This my mom. I'm gonna have to tell her to turn her off, turn this off before you know. Regardless, and look, <laughs> I get. I don't know. Ever mm. since then, mm. you know, I've just, I got nothing. I got no time for him. Not worried about it. Play hey, well. Look, play fair. hard. Disrespect fair. my family, and you know, you're dead to me, right? Yeah. I hear you, bro. I mean, fair yeah, fun. I'm from the south. That's how we roll. I mean, yeah. like, look, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to put my We're hands here on for you. family, nod, and chicken. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's you're, always it's always around the picks. The 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 DraftKings just sends us all. You rednecks, Jesus. All right, Jay. Was that when he was wearing the cowboy hat or that shit hat he wore? Yourself this was pre it. that. This was pre that. He was. This was pre that. He was a douche before that. He went to the cowboy hat, and that's when he wanted to tell everyone else that he was a fucking douche. Hey, I, I played with Roy Sabatini. Wow. He came out to the Foundry a few years ago. I thought he was great. I can see where he gets rubbed the wrong way with, with a lot of people. He definitely speaks his mind, which I'm fine hey, with. If you can't tell, um, people also change. McLean, McLean, so. just look, just stop. I'm gonna. You just gotta stop right now, okay? Yeah. <laughs> He's probably never getting on the podcast if he hears <laughs> No. Oh, really? <laughs> I neither there's Jordan Spieth if he listens to this but either. Or Tony Fienauer or Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Who else will we bash? That's all right. Marani, you told us to do this, okay? I did. I did. I love it. Bring it on, boys. People we're also gonna change. We're going to have a guest People also this week, change. but uh, they were pissed off. Hey, that'd, that'd be a great problem to have. I'll be happy that's, to do that. That's right. All right. Let's finish it up right. real fast, Jake. I know you're the fastest one here. Let's uh, get yep. through this. Webb Simpson going uh, past champion. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, another past champion. I will go with my boy, Lonto, resident of Jacksonville, plays there every day. I feel like he's, I mean, he's playing good. I feel like he's got some good course history there. So I would, I don't know. I did forget that he plays there every day. That's his home golf course. Every day. He's always there. He's always at that golf course working out or hitting balls with the VJ. So I just feel like he's just got good vibes Um, and he's been playing well. So it's, it's a golf course that, I feel like you have to, one, you have to know it, but you have to be playing well. You know, you can know all the tricks of the trade, where to hit it here and there, but if you're not playing well, then you're going to be... You're not getting out of a slump there. Yeah, you're going to get exposed. And I think he's got good course knowledge there, plays there a lot. So do a lot of guys, but um, but he's playing well, so I feel like he's going to have... That's a, a great pick. pick. I like that. Um, I'm going with Paul Casey. Uh, I, don't, I don't love the pick. I don't think Paul Casey will win. I don't think he's going to win any week. Um, I think he's going to play well. I think he'll probably, if he plays great, he'll have a top 10, which is great for DraftKings. Um, and then I finished up with the Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican bros here. Uh, Brendan Grace, winner of the Puerto Rico Open. And uh, my boy, Tony. Tony! Got to put you in there, buddy. But I, this is one cool stat. I'm sure you guys heard this, the curse of the, the Puerto Rican Open. Have you guys heard this? Yeah. Since oh. 2008, since the tournament's inception, no champion has won again on the PGA Tour. Uh, Hovland, uh, Hovland uh, just broke that. One time, Michael, Michael, Michael Bradley won. Uh, did, did Hovland win? He Hovland didn't. Didn't he win? <clears throat> Puerto Rico. So. Someone just broke it recently. No, I'm pretty sure. Did he win a second time on tour? Oh, yeah, he won at Mayakoba. That's right. He did break that. Yeah, he hasn't won on, in the United States, yeah. but yeah, he won Mayakoba just yeah. to, to <laughs> back, back in November. That's right. So other than those but two I mean, guys, no one. No one's. But yeah, no, yeah, Victor Hovland's the only guy to win. I mean, I guess he hasn't won in, on, uh, in the States, but yeah, all these guys. I mean, granted, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a, it's a, 
sub tier tournament and you don't you're not getting you know top the top quality so the, you're, guys, you're saying I mean, the only yeah. the only event tony Fino's won mm-hmm. is a sub tier event uh yeah i mean okay. there's no Ronnie. no disputing that Tony Fidel's going to punch um, you in the face one day. And he's going to then turn. Oh, he could just ask, pummel me. He's going to get I mean, interviewed about it, and they're going to be like, Tony, what happened? He'd be like, you know, that's the only punch I've ever thrown. And it's <laughs> well, this guy from Virginia. He's, like, I, I didn't want to do it. I just had hey, to. If, but, I, if I stir him on to win, good for that. I'll take one for the team. I, You know, he's been playing great. And, uh, again, that's one of the – he's played there enough. I don't think he's had, uh, you know, ultra success there. But, again, if you're playing well, you've got control of your ball – um, I think he's played it enough. He's got enough knowledge there where, I mean, what a cr- great place to break this weird slump. Um, I've actually never pulled for anybody more than I'm pulling for Tony this week. Yeah. So needless to say, that's the, that's the lineup. All right, Jay. I like that. That was pretty, that was pretty quick. That was fast. I like that. Yeah, turning over. New leaf. I'm quick. Yeah. I'm quick. I'm fast. All right, gents. That was a lot of fun. Uh, again, thank you to all of our listeners. Hope you enjoyed this. Please share with everyone, share with the world, and uh, we'll be coming back next week with more and hopefully a special guest. So take care, everyone. Have a good one.